The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples came and asked Jesus, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes so that they might not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. The Gospel of the Lord. For the next week or so, we will hear from the prophet Jeremiah in the first reading. He's a very important prophet of the Old Testament, as you know. He ministered between the years 626 B.C. and 586, just after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. He was a contemporary of prophet Daniel, Ezekiel, Zephaniah, and Habakkuk. God called him from a very early age, in fact, before he was born. Yet he initially rejected the call because of his youth and his inexperience. But God had mercy. First of all, he commanded Jeremiah not to be afraid. And then he touched his mouth and put his words in Jeremiah's mouth. So with that, Jeremiah was given a ministry to God's people of Judah. And this was a very crucial time in their history because of the surrounding nations, particularly Babylon, that was rising in strength and would want to conquer Judah. In the first reading, Jeremiah has a very difficult message to proclaim, but he does fearlessly, and the message is this. God's people have forgotten their first love. Quote, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. In other words, God had cared for his people, and yet they were committing idolatry. The priests were not calling on the name of the Lord. The prophets of God were following Baal. The rulers were committing great sin, and the people were guilty of two great sins. First, they utterly forsook the Lord and his living source of life, his living waters. And then they built their own cracked cisterns of water that could not provide for them. In other words, they were about to repeat the original sin of Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Because if you compare the stories, God provided richly 
for Adam and Eve, put them in the garden. They could eat of all the fruits except for one tree. And they decided to turn away. When they were tempted, they did not call upon the Lord. Rather, they tried to build their own cistern of life by grasping the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they were expelled into the wilderness. And that's what was about to happen to Judah this time. They were going to be expelled from the promised land, which is like a renewed garden of Eden, into a foreign nation of Babylon because of their great sin. How does God respond to this? The psalmist makes it clear. God is steadfast love, which means covenant love, loyal, merciful love which he always holds out to his people. The psalmist says, How precious is your steadfast love, O Lord! The people may take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Now, this steadfast love is not just a concept, not just a principle, it's a person. God sends the second person of the Trinity to take on our sinful flesh to become one of us so that he can more personally extend that steadfast love and enact a new covenant in his blood shed on the cross. And if you listen carefully to the words said over the bread and wine, there is a new covenant in the blood of Christ, now sacramentalized, for all time in the Eucharist, which we are privileged to receive. How would Jesus communicate this good news? And it's summarized in John chapter 3, a famous verse, God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but have eternal life. Because God knows there's still hardness of heart in the rulers and the scribes, the Pharisees, and some of the people. So Jesus chooses a very particular way of communicating called parables, because parables can both reveal and conceal. They're simple stories, so the humble, those little ones who want to know, can grasp the deeper meaning hidden in that parable because they will ponder it, they'll pray over it, they'll seek the knowledge, but it will also conceal to those who are hard of heart to simply say, these are silly stories. We are offered a challenge in today's gospel. It's right at the end. It's directed to us. Let me quote it. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Here's the challenge. What kind of people are we going to be? Hard of heart, asleep, or humble and open to peer into these wonderful parables? Are we going to commit ourselves daily to peer into these stories, to try to unpack them, to pray over them so that they go right to the core of who we are and cut away all of that hardness and sin so that we are born again? That's the question. Because if we do, then we ourselves will be living parables. That's what God wants. God wants us to be a living parable 
of his good news. What this parable do? It subverts the status quo. That's what Jesus did in his day. His message was radical, but hidden from the proud. It bought Jesus time to preach his Sermon on the Mount and other teachings so that he would pick the time of his passion. Now for us, we're called to be proclaimers of that good news, to be parables, to be prophets, particularly in this day and age when we are, as you know, in a cultural crisis. where people have lost hope. We need to be those living hope people because the Word of God is living in us and always bringing us to new life. Despite suffering, despite rejection, despite confusion, God is always wanting to bring us into that living presence that He is to us. Let us open our hearts, thankful that God has given us this wisdom. Continue to pray, intercede for the world, and especially live out the message of hope. Let us pray.